Hello, this is a bit of a weird one. I'm on my own. Welcome back to Small Screen Stories. Uh, this is the show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture, but I'm changing it up a bit because what I'm doing now is I'm going to focus really on like three topics, main topics, topics each week. It just makes it a lot easier for me to talk about these things and possibly a lot easier for you to listen to. So hello to everyone that's watching live. This is going out live. Uh, you're also going to be able to listen to this as a podcast later on just find small screen stories wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, it should be there uh, and what we're going to be talking about to about today is mainly the book of boba fett so if you've uh, have had a look at the title of this episode you'd have noticed that it's called does the book of boba fett have a boba fett problem um i suppose to uh, answer to cut a rather long answer short yes it does but I wanted to get a little bit into the weeds about that and explain why that might be the case. And um, if you guys have any questions and comments, do let me know in the comments. Uh, you can only do that when this is live, not when this is a podcast. Uh, we'll also be talking a bit about the Punisher. There, uh, there has been there have been reports that the Punisher is going to be coming back to the MCU. I'll be talking a little bit about that as well. And this will be John Bernthal's version of the Punisher. And we'll also go ahead and talk a little bit about the about Daredevil. And about how Daredevil is uh, report, reportedly coming to multiple MCU projects, and then I'll also chat uh, a little bit. Uh, mainly, if, uh, probably if I have time, I'll chat a little bit, a little bit about um, what's been said about Spider-Man: No Way Home. The writers did a big uh, interview with uh, with Jeff uh, Jeff Goldsmith. I believe that's his name. Uh, yeah, it's a, a pretty good podcast actually, where they talk to writers and stuff like that. Uh, right, I'll have to warn you, uh, there are spoilers for the Book of Boba Fett, uh, episode six in this episode. Um, so if you haven't watched it, uh, then probably don't watch this or don't listen to this. Uh, maybe go away, watch it, and then come back and listen to this, and we can uh, enjoy all of this together. And uh, let, do let me know if you have any, any um, comments or questions about this in the live chat. Right, uh, I've prepared a little slideshow for you guys, so here we go. So uh, does the Book of Boba Fett have a problem with Boba Fett? Uh, and um, as I said before, the short answer to this question is yes. But one thing I wanted to, and there we go, spoilers for the Book of Boba Fett episode six, so please um, bear with me. Uh, if you have not seen the episode, go away now, watch it, come back, and then, uh, then we can talk about it. So one of the main problems with this show up until the last two episodes has been probably the fact that Boba Fett has been incredibly altered from the Boba Fett that we know we came to know and oddly love from the original trilogy. Interestingly enough, that character only had like a couple of lines in that trilogy. It was he was literally just silent the whole time that he was on screen. He was very rarely on screen in those three movies, but for some reason, probably just because he was in a really cool suit, uh, people really fell in love with that character and wanted more. And then from that, uh, we got. Uh, the the uh, we we got we got the likes of um, the which the stuff that is no longer canon uh, now considered legacy I believe like comics and stuff like that where they uh, explored the law and we also recently I mean there was going to be and this was before uh, Disney acquired Lucasfilm there was going to be the game thirteen thirteen 
which was going to feature Boba Fett. You were going to play as Boba Fett, and they've actually just leaked the some footage of, of that game. It looks awesome. Uh, apparently, you were going to play the very beginning of that game as a character, and then at the end of that level, that character will be killed by Boba Fett, and then you play the rest of the game as Boba Fett. It's such a shame that we never got that game, but you know what? That's what, that's what happens when a, a big conglomerate takes over... Um, well, a relatively big-sized company like Lucasfilm, but they're not as big as Disney, or they weren't as big as Disney. So they're not, they are now part of the House of Mouse, and that that got canned. I think it actually got canned a bit before the takeover, but I'm pretty sure the takeover has something to do with it. But yeah, so people fell in love with this show, with this, sorry, this character. And then John Favreau came around uh, with the idea of making a, a Star Wars show, and originally that he wanted that Star Wars show to be about Boba Fett, but he was very um, cautious and, and rather, and probably rightly so. He was very wary of the fact that Boba Fett is such a loved character that it'd be very difficult to do a show all around that character and, and do the character justice and really um, meet everybody's expectations for that character. So what he did instead was create the Mandalorian. And the Mandalorian, um, Din Djarin, played by Pedro Pascal, is literally a, um, a sort of interpretation of what Boba Fett could have ended up being like had he uh, survived the Sarlacc pit. You know, the Ma Mando Mandalorian, Din Djarin, is a bounty hunter, never takes off his helmet. Um, it looks incredibly cool. Uh, but then as you get to know more about the character, I mean, at to begin with, he is literally, all he is is a bounty hunter. That's all he cares about. But he is part of, you know, you start learning about he's he's part of um, of he's an actual Mandalorian. So, um, well, he's um, a found he was a foundling. So he was found by the Mandalorians and taken in by the Mandalorians and raised as one. And and he's he's kind of part of you, you discover that he's part of this what is basically a cult within Mandalorian society where they don't take their masks off. And we know, we know from like the, the cartoons, the animated series that like the likes of Bo-Katan and all those Mandalorians, they do take their helmets off and, and then season two of the Mandalorian happened, but you've, you've seen all of that. You've seen all of that. You know about all of this, but I'm trying to give you some back, some background information. And then what ended up happening um, is that basically um, the, the, they ended up bringing in Boba Fett into the Mandalorian. And the Boba Fett that we got in the Mandalorian was actually very interesting, very raw, uh, very quite savage in that very first episode that we saw him in. I think it was in season two, although we did actually kind of see his boots in season one. But um, that first episode that you saw him in, which was directed by Robert Rodriguez, which to, which to this day remains the best episode of any of these Star Wars shows that he's directed, I'll go into that a little bit um, in a little bit more detail later on. But then that, you know, you, you see that new version of Boba Fett, which is a raw kind of aged version of the character played by Tamora Morrison. And that, that, that works because he was still quite stoic, quite silent. Um, he obviously had his reasons for being the way he was. He had his own backstory, which is where the idea of doing the book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett came uh, along and, um, actually Clint, I think Clint's watching on Facebook, uh, Clint, my co-host for Small Screen Live, um, made the point that this, that this, this show, The Book of Boba Fett, is, is probably a sort of take on The Book of Job, so it's an, almost like a religious tale, and I do, I do believe he's correct in that, in that, um, 
in that regard. I think this is kind of this was originally perceived as something of like an origin story for this version of Boba Fett and al almost like a religious telling of it. Um, but the, the problem that we have now is that we have we have the Mandalorian, which is basically what Boba Fett would have probably been like had uh, they got, you know, had John Favreau originally gone with the idea of just making a Boba Fett show. But then you've also got a new version of Boba Fett, which is a version, which is the version that we have in this show, which from episode one to four in the show is a bit of a numpty. He's a bit of an idiot. And let's be honest, he is. But he has his reasons and you're exploring his backstory. And the problem is, is that the show since episode five and six has featured literally no Boba Fett apart from one. I think there's one scene in episode six where there is Boba Fett and it's been a heck of a lot better. Why? Because it's mainly the Mandalorian. And this is my whole point is that the Boba Fett show has a Boba Fett problem because the actual version of Boba Fett that people wanted to see is Din Djarin, is the Mandalorian. And I think they knew this. I think when they were writing the scripts to this show, when they were coming up with this, they knew that they had a problem in the sense that the Boba Fett, the, the way they kind of wrote, they, they ended up writing themselves into a corner with Boba Fett where they wanted to have this kind of interesting kind of developed um backstory and basically it's kind of ended up being a bit meh is, is the best way of, of describing it i suppose and this this whole the, the all these star wars fans that are complaining about this show have actually stopped complaining about the show for instance last week they're all talking about how we should give or Lucasfilm should give um, should give Bryce Dallas Howard her own Star Wars trilogy because she directed one good episode of, of the book of Boba Fett. She also, well, she did direct some, ep some episodes of The Mandalorian and, and they were pretty good. But th this to me is is slightly problematic because if you if if <laughs> ba the, the, the mere fact that people looked at that episode and thought, yes, that's what I want. And it has zero Boba Fett in it. And the same with this week's episode, which I'll go into a little bit, bit more detail later on, proves to me that Disney and the people behind Lucasfilm at the moment, the people writing the show, just don't know what to do with Boba Fett. They literally don't know what to do with that character. And Tamara Morrison himself has said that. Literally, he said that he was annoyed that they gave him so many lines because Boba Fett is you know, a very stoic character, someone that doesn't talk very much, and when he does talk, has something to say. At least that's his idea about it. And then, you know, in episode four, for instance, the amount of, t I think he said it twice, I think he said, I'm Boba Fett, twice. And it just rings so untrue, because we know that this isn't the Boba Fett that we were hoping to get, uh, or at least many fans were hoping to get. And I think this is a writing problem. This is uh, also the concept of, of this show started off really well because Boba Fett that we got in The Mandalorian was, he was cool. He was what we wanted because he didn't talk very much. He, he, he you know, he's kind of spoke through his actions and that's the type of character he is. And um, this, this show has kind of, they kind, I think they, from, from the beginning, I think it was the, the, the concept was there but the execution isn't, and um, and the, the idea of making you know 
making Boba Fett kind of coming out of the Sarlacc pit and being taken in, well, originally taken hostage by the uh, Tusken Raiders and then eventually taken in by them and becoming one of them and then them, them being all killed and, you know, all this business with the spice and, and Tatooine and him him becoming, um, taking Jabba's place um, in uh, Mos Eisley. Or was it? No, Mos, Mos Esper. Uh, anyway. Him taking his, <laughs> him taking. Uh, no, it wasn't even Jabba's place. I'm forgetting the name of the of the character that he actually kills, because there are too many characters to think of when it, especially when this episode, when I'm going to start talking about this episode. So, there, you know, it it ends up being a bit too convoluted, I think, and it only get this show has only started to get interesting when we've kind of moved away from all of the Boba Fett stuff and back onto the Mandalorian stuff, which again proves to me that the Mandalorian here, like season three is what we all want. And the Mandalorian moving forward, I'll talk about, about that in a second, is the Mandalorian is the linchpin for these Star Wars shows. So I'll move on to, I'll, I'll talk into about more detail about the actual episode, episode six. So this guy turns up <laughs> and uh, of course, one, I think Cobb Vanth is one of the coolest characters um, in in these shows. He he, uh, played by Timothy Oliphant, uh, was first seen in the Mandalorian season two. Is actually a character taken directly from the uh, the the kind of Star Wars legacy stuff now, non-canon things. And um, you f- you first see him in Boba Fett's armor, and uh, the armor looks a bit wrong on him because he's quite tall and lanky, and Boba Fett isn't. But he, he he's the um, he's the sheriff of a nearby town, which is net, which now goes by the name of Freetown. And this episode is kind of bookend, almost bookended by him, where it kind of starts off with him and ends with him. And uh, there's another character that comes into it, but he th- this whole the, I think this shows at its best when it kind of goes delves into these almost western this western territory, which is literally what the Mandalorian was. It was kind of a western. And um, the book of Boba Fett has so far hasn't really been that. It's been a bit kind of meandering through different genres. And there's the first three episodes, no, first four episodes were just so poorly thought out. And I think that's that's such a big problem because this is ending really well. And I think there are a lot of people that would have watched the first four episodes and would have just said, no, this, this show isn't for me. But Cobb Vanth is a fantastic character, and you know, fingers crossed, he wasn't actually killed at the end of this episode. I'm hoping. Um, but then the big reveal in this episode was Cad Bane and uh, the Battle of the Bounty Hunters, which will prob- undoubtedly be the final episode, which will air next week. But Cobb Van- uh, Co- sorry, Cad Bane is a character that was from D- um, Dave Filoni's Star Wars animated shows. He was in the uh, the Clone, um, so the the Clone Wars. Uh, t- uh, animated TV series is a very popular character and um, has been seen in like uh, the the final season of uh, of of uh, the Clone Wars and most recently and it was also apparently the one that put that dent in um, Boba Fett's helmet so he's got he's got history of Boba Fett so maybe this is where we you know will finally end up getting to see the real Boba Fett because he says something quite interesting in this episode. Um, before he <laughs> shoots uh, uh, Cobb Vanth and his uh, his deputy, he says that Boba Fett is is a 
um, is a killer and, and killed for the empire. And, and he's he's a kind of a stone cold killer type, you know, type line, which they which is true. That's what he was. But he's obviously going through changes at the moment. And um, I wonder whether Cad Bane returning will bring out the Boba Fett that everyone wants to see. Uh, there, you know, he Boba Fett is um, he brought in Mando. You know, he's brought in. Um, oh, I'm forgetting the uh, the Wookiee's name. Uh, who, um, if you can, you can remind me in the comments, please do, because I'm completely forgetting his name. But um, this this is a character that uh, that a lot of fans, a lot of Star Wars fans, have wanted has, have wanted to see in this universe for quite some time. You know what? He looked damn good in live action. I was really uh, when you 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 see the silhouette, and from the minute you see the silhouette, you just think, oh damn, something's going to go down, which it did. Just the hat and and his whole walk and and honestly, this was this for me was better like than seeing Luke Skywalker in this episode. Which uh, yeah, Luke Skywalker's in this episode um, because this is this is a this to me shows that Star Wars can kind of move in the future can move away from you know all the Luke Skywalker stuff and 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 still have something there and they and they are leaning on these characters a bit but these characters are ones that were created by Dave Filoni in a in a TV show that isn't oh yes he was in the bad batch yeah in in, in TV shows that weren't like like didn't have huge numbers like watch what you know view viewership wise but were very very loved by very much loved by um, a very hardcore section of the fandom, and th- this is this is like we we're talking a bit about fan service and and what's the best way to do fan service. Talking about like Spider Man No Way Home, and I actually think that's a good good version of that. Um, and to a certain extent, what they did in the previous Star Wars films and in, in the new trilogy. But I actually think this is much better fan service, bringing in characters like Cad Bane, which this very is still considered quite a deep cut. And uh, I really do think that he's going to be incredibly interesting moving forward. And actually, the I uh, just seeing him at the end, I'm super pumped for the finale. Um, yes, and I do believe that Star Wars has a problem with its legacy characters. So this um, this episode featured a lot of Luke Skywalker, which I wasn't I wasn't expecting at all. Uh, so Luke Skywalker with Grogu and. Um, there's a lot, you know. There's kind of the training montage, which um, kind of is a, it harkens back to Luke's Luke's training montage in uh, The Empire Strikes Back. With um, sorry, no, not the um, yes, it was The Empire Strikes Back. Um, with uh, with Yoda, and, he, and Yoda's also mentioned in this episode, and there are elements of uh, of that that I loved, and actually, I think Luke Skywalker looked a heck of a lot better in this episode. Than he did at the end of uh, season two of, of the Mandalorian. I didn't expect a whole. I didn't expect him to have that many lines, but he had a lot of lines, which was good, and uh, and he looked good as well, which was nice to see. It was it was um, an unexpected pleasure really to have him here. And I, but the problem is, is that I think I really don't want these shows to get bogged down with trying to bring back these sorts of characters. Like, for instance, there were rumors there not so long ago that. Um, that uh, Harrison, sorry, Harrison Ford's Han Solo was going to be in this, like a de-aged Han Solo. I really hope they don't bring him back in the final episode because I, it's the kind of thing. It's like you've got to start thinking beyond these characters now. 
like I get it where where the episode is um, situated in in the Star Wars timeline. It makes kind of makes sense for them to come back, but I really do think we have to move away from Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, even Princess Leia to a certain to a certain extent, um, and start and start to yeah. You can use people like Cad Bane because they're barely used in the Star Wars universe. You know that they, they were literally made in a Dave Filoni animated TV for a Dave Filoni animated TV show and then they were kind of forgotten about um you know that's why I like the idea of bringing in Grand Admiral Thrawn in a, in a Ahsoka Tano series that's why I like the I like bringing in Ahsoka Tano I like bringing in Bo-Katan because these are characters that are not well known to you know <laughs> I mean you might think they really are but to like the vast majority of people that watch Star Wars content these characters, the Cad Bane's, the both Katan, Bo Katans, the Asokatanos, they're literally unknowns. They're completely new characters to them. But to Star Wars fans, it's a big deal because you know that we, we've been watching um, TV shows with them in for quite some time. Uh, been reading books and things like that. But, but not everybody's like that. And that's why this. That's why that sort of like bringing those sorts of legacy characters, even though they're not, not legacy characters, is a good thing. Bringing in characters like Luke Skywalker, um, Han Solo, and and, uh, <coughs> and Carrie Fisher, and even doing a Lando show, I think personally is a bit of a misstep. Who knows? That might be amazing. Who knows? I, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything about that at the moment. I don't even know if they're going to do it. Um, but I think um, I think it's about time that Star Wars moves away from uh, Luke. Leia and Han and 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 starts to because even the trilogy the latest trilogy series was really about them as well um, and I think that I think I think it's a bit of it's, you know it's enough now although I what I will say in Luke's defense is he does work in this episode because he may like the, it serves the story and um, um, Grogu is presented at the end with a choice uh, of either Yoda's lightsaber or the chain, the Mandalorian chainmail that um, Din Jarin had made for him. You can't pick both, even though I think he would be awesome if you picked both, because who wouldn't want to see a little baby Yoda jumping around in chainmail <laughs> with a lightsaber? That is something that I would definitely want to see, and I, and I hope he gets to use both. But you know how Jedi work. They're like, you got to, you know sever all ties with the past which to me is absolute crap <laughs> what why does he why is he not allowed to see um to see his mates you know what, why is he not allowed to see din Djarin in in the future i mean it's not like luke never got to see leia and han again you know he only he only trained for a couple of a couple of hours <laughs> literally <laughs> but anyway let's let's move away from that and on to the future of Star Wars. And I think this is the final slide I have for you guys. Uh, so the future of Star Wars. I I think the Book of Boba Fett, the first four episodes are a bit of a misstep. Uh, I think, in a way, these last two episodes have been great, but they've also been a bit of a cop-out. But what they have done is show um, that there is, that there, there, is, uh, there is hope. <laughs> to use a Star Wars word that there is hope for the future of these Star Wars shows because you've got the Ahsoka Tano show, which I'm actually really excited for. And I think is a very good idea because Rosario Dawson is perfect in the role. And I also think there's a lot of unresolved issues with that character that we want to see. We want to, we want to see where her story goes from here. 
and in the future they're leaning heavily on Filoni and his animated shows like the, the you know the characters from that so you've got uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn coming back although that's not necessarily Dave Filoni's uh, creation that was um, forgetting his name Timothy Zahn is it Timothy Zahn the, the writer um, but he was in Star Wars Rebels and Ezra Bridger who was also in Star Wars Rebels and Bo-Katan you know the, these these characters are ones that it looks like these Star Wars shows are going to really focus on in the future and I actually think that's a really good idea and I think that's a good thing for the future of Star Wars because it means that a, a bigger audience is going uh, you know that's interested in Star Wars is going to get to find out more about these characters and going to fall, hopefully fall in love with these characters as well uh, Bo-Katan was already she was also um, referenced in the previous episode by Din Djarin she is the uh, the Mandalorian who had the dark saber before, and again, all that stuff, all that stuff is from is from Star Wars Rebels, and then passed down into the final season of the Clone Wars. And then we also have what I'm really excited about, which is the Acolyte. So that's the kind of real I'm calling it here the real new Star Wars, and that's the um, the show that's oh, I'm forgetting her name. I've just got to go and search for it right now. Um, so that's that's the show that was announced by Kathleen Kennedy at. Uh, at the uh, the Disney Investors Day presentation, and it's being it's being created by Leslie Headland, and she's also writing it. And Leslie Headland is the, the the thing that she's really famous for is she is famous for the Netflix TV show Russian Doll, which was really good, and this Acolyte TV show is something that I am super excited for. It's a mystery thriller that will take us into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. Yes, that you know that's the sort of Star Wars content that I think they should be doing and they should they should get into more. You know, I like the fact that they tried to do something with with Boba Fett, you know, but let's be honest here, I didn't think I don't think it worked. And what worked was the stuff that was linked to the Mandalorian and linked to these other shows, not really linked to Boba Fett. I think I honestly think Boba Fett is at this point in time, given what they've done to the character and the the story they decided to tell with him, is best suited as a side character um, and one that's actually helping Din Djarin in the future and Ahsoka Tano and, and maybe even Bo-Katan. You know, those... I, th I kind of see it's going in that direction where these th these characters that were from the animated TV shows are going to become the main characters that are leading the charge, that are the ones that people want to know more about in these Star Wars shows. And Boba Fett's going to be a side character. And I, I hate that's, that that's the fact, but that's what they've done given the way they decided to go with this show and the way they, deci they decided to go with, with uh, Boba Fett as a character. So it's a bit of a shame. Uh, the, and all of that to answer the simple question of um, is, <laughs> does the book of Boba Fett have a problem with Boba Fett? I think, I, I think it was always going to be a difficult thing to do, um, to tackle. Uh, and I'll get rid of that. It was always going to be a really difficult thing to do because Boba Fett is a character that has, you know, as I was saying before, is a character that wasn't, really there wasn't really that much of him in the original star wars trilogy so and he was just he was just a helmet so you could project whatever ideas you had about that character onto that character and he had no literally barely any lines and p 
people that you know you build things up about a character in your head when that happens and um when when you do that then it, it can get very dangerous because you're basically just you're just setting yourself up for disappointment and i kind of think that's what's happened here <sighs> which again is is a shame but um there's not much. There's not much you can do about that at this point. I hope I do like Tamara Morrison in the role, and I think he's he's well suited for it. I think I just think there are too many problems with it. Anyway, uh, let's move on to uh, the next topics. Um, but again, if you have any questions, do let me know in the comments. Right. So moving on and um, moving on to the news that uh, apparently uh, John Bernthal's Punisher will return to the MCU. So this is something that actually we did talk about uh quite a bit actually and i'm going to share my screen um we we spoke about it uh da, 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 as i try to get the right one up um we we did talk we we spoke about it in an article that we posted and actually a video that you can go and find on our uh, youtube channel about the details of a punisher series that we we had been um privy to but now there's a scooper on Twitter who goes by the name of My Time to Shine Hello. Bit of an odd name, but, you know, each, each their own. And uh, this, this scooper basically just said that, um, and that, there's the article for you. This scooper just said that there, there's, going to be, uh, there's going to be more Punisher in the, in the future. Well, Punisher will return to the MCU. So I kind of took that because this is a scooper that some that a lot of people seem to be listening to and made made a story out of it, I'm gonna be honest, and based on this particular story here, which is um I just want to make sure I got that right. Yep, which is that the the new Punisher series is in the works and we revealed details. So uh go do go over to the article or the video. Um and the the main thing here is that this this uh, Punisher series is has been in development for quite some time, and John Bernthal is very looking forward to doing it. It's just that they've want Bernthal's been very clear about wanting to keep this um, sticking, staying true to the character, and that basically means violence. I think uh, I think that's what he means by that. He wants the character to to remain to to not be watered down. So what? What does this? What does all of this mean? Well, it means that not only are we going to have the likes of Charlie Cox back as Daredevil in the future, but we're also going to have John Bernthal back. We're probably going to have Kristen Ritter back. We in that article we did actually say that we were told that she is going to come back to the role, <clears throat> which makes sense because these characters are so well have been so well cast for those Netflix shows. I think the only ones that are probably not so sure on at the moment are the, uh, it's like Finn Jones, pretty sure he's not coming back as uh, Luke, uh, sorry, as um, Iron Fist and Mike Coulter as Luke Cage, which is a shame because I actually think he was really good. But there are reasons behind that. I think the reasons are is that, that they are, are not quite sure what to do with those characters. And um, to be honest, they might not even need to bring over those characters because the MCU now has Shang-Chi, which if you have Shang-Chi and Iron Fist in the MCU, it might get it. I mean, it would be good. And I think a lot of fans would love to see that, but they might consider that to be a bit too much Kung Fu um, for the MCU. I don't know. Kind of like if, if you had both of them in the Avengers, for instance, it might be a bit, you know, the kind of similar characters. It'd be like having, uh, you know, 
Quicksilver and um, um, I forget, I'm forgetting her name now. The the uh, the speedster that's in um, that's in the Eternals. It'd be like having the two of them. I mean, we Quicksilver is no longer in the MC. We do know that. We're probably going to get a version of Quicksilver in the future. Who knows? But um, <laughs> they did do that half, that whole Ralph Boner thing. But um, I think they might. I think they might want to stick to just having one character that has his or her sets of powers and not have someone that's the same or or similar. So that's why, like, we're going to probably, you know we're even seeing them kind of move away from the likes of um, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye and bringing Kate Bishop because Kate Bishop is going to be the Hawkeye of the MCU moving forward. And then, um, you know, moving away from Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow and having uh, Yelena played by Florence Pugh in there, you know, so you can already see that happening in the MCU. But um, and Luke, I mean, Luke Cage, I would love to see Luke Cage in the MCU, but it was really looking unlikely at the moment uh jessica jones is an interesting one because jessica jones would work really well with daredevil and has done in in the tv shows already and these are characters that people already really like um they know them from the marvel tv shows and they were really well cast at the time so and then we of course saw charlie cox back as matt murdoch in um in spider-man no way home incidentally the writers revealed that uh <coughs> excuse me that the um the original idea was to have more of Matt Murdock in that movie, but they eventually just stuck to that one scene. Uh, for, when we posted that article on small screen, people got very upset because, of course, they wanted to see more of Matt Murdock in the movie, as did I. But you know, you can't have everything. They had to cram so many characters into that one movie. So yeah, and then uh, harkening back to the story, and then the next story is that. Um, Apparently, there's going to be more Daredevil in the MCU, and that again comes from my time to shine. Hello, but then again, do take all that with a, a grain of salt because I don't know who this scooper is. It's literally just a person on uh, on Twitter that likes to post things, and for some reason has a lot of you, a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of engagement. But it's um, it means that it's going to kind of be interesting times ahead. I think that's that's what I that's what I'm seeing anyway for for the MCU, for these characters, for these characters that people have loved for so long. And um, hopefully they're going to be doing, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be done right in the MCU. Uh, and the right thing to do would be to bring back John Bernthal, to bring back um, Charlie Cox, which they have done, and also Kristen Ritter. And I think the, the fan pressure at the moment is now so high that they can't, they can't really recast those characters. Because uh, it would just, it would just, I think it'd be too confusing and it'd be too upsetting. And um, I think Marvel doesn't really want the backlash. But yes, moving on to the final story of of this uh, this very well this kind of small screen stories returns episode, and that's that um, the uh, I mentioned it before that the Spider Man No Way Home writers revealed that they were they were originally going to have not only more um, Matt Murdock in the movie, but also the movie almost features Mysterio and Rhino. So, <clears throat> and then, yeah, they were talking to uh, Jeff Goldsmith, who is, you know, he has a podcast called The Q&A with Jeff Goldsmith. And you should really listen to that podcast, by the way. It's brilliant. 
but um, there he was uh, the the writers uh, Chris McKenna and Eric Sommers or Sommers sorry were asked whether any other of the Sinister Six were ever considered to be in the movie, and they said yes. There was talk of of Mysterio and Rhino returns. Yeah, there were definitely there was there were definitely talks like who is the um, sorry who is the Sinister Six here? If you want six, you can always say Venom was the sixth member. If you want, he's in the tag. He made it into the MCU, but he never made it out of Mexico. Laughs. Um, there was always talk of should we be doing should we be doing officially the six? So, and then also this harkens back to the concept art that was released not too long ago, in which we saw uh, you could see Mysterio battling uh, Doctor Strange. So I actually, from this, what I'm gathering is that they were really considering. I, th- I would expect Mysterio more than Rhino. Uh, Rhino was played by Paul Giamatti in the um, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which is something that Paul Giamatti and all Spider-Man fans would probably want to forget. But as far as Mysterio is concerned, Mysterio was played by um, uh, by Jake Gyllenhaal in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. It was killed in that movie, but there was... I, I think the I wouldn't have been surprised if the idea was to bring Bruce Campbell in as an alternate version of Mysterio, uh, a version of Mysterio that knew who Peter Parker was. And that would have been so cool because we're just all desperate to see Bruce Campbell back. But I, I am pretty certain that Bruce Campbell will be in Doctor Strange 2. I don't know which role he's playing. I don't know if he's going to be playing an alternate version of Mysterio or whether he'll be playing a waiter or, you know, like he did in... Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films, it wasn't a waiter. He was a front of house, wasn't he? He was a French man. He was a French, yes, Parker, Peter Parker. He did all that, didn't he? But um, I, I'm desperate to see him back. I love Bruce Campbell. I think he's great, and uh, I would uh, really, really hope that they get to do that in um, in Doctor Strange too, in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, right, I'm going to wrap it up here. It's been about 40 minutes, so I'm, I'm planning on doing these once a week uh, for 40 minutes. Get back onto the uh, the podcasting scene, and uh, this is going out live on Twitch, and um, I think I'll put it out on Facebook as well. But do do let me know um, in the comments if you have any questions about all of this. Do you can reach uh, us at Small Screen Co on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also TikTok as well. Uh, we're everywhere on social media and you can find this podcast um it will be at small screen stories and that'll be going out in a in a couple of probably a couple of minutes maybe half an hour from now but thank you so much for watching guys and uh, i will see you next time